So you were saying? Okay, we're looking at the um, the background noise registering on the the monitor. The monitor. And uh, a few days ago, the power went out for about two and a half hours, and of course, I couldn't use my second monitor for work because it needed power. But my laptop was charged, so I brought it downstairs to sit on the couch because you know why not? Yeah. And it was so eerie realizing there was no background noise because the fan was off, the AC was off, the fridge was off, <laughs> the AC units outside that yeah. just kind of have that low-level Right. Everything was off. It was so eerie. You didn't find it comforting at all? I feel like I would really enjoy that. It felt very strange because it was even a part of the day where people weren't moving around outside. Yeah, because most people... In this complex, I don't think very many people work from home. I don't think so either. It seems like a lot of people are leaving and coming back at yeah. different hours. But yeah, because it was a Thursday, I think, and it wasn't lunchtime because sometimes people come home for lunch, but uh-huh. it was in the middle of the afternoon. Their cars weren't driving by. It was really, it was apocalyptic. Oh, yeah, that if sounds I, real nice. If I could make it real dramatic. <laughs> Definitely interesting, because I did sit here. There was a moment where I was like, something's off. Oh. (laughs) Everything's off. (laughs) So it was just uncomfortable, and you didn't know why for a bit. Yes. There was something unsettling about the environment. Even though it was the middle of the day, the sun was out. (laughs) The cats were even asleep. The cats weren't even making sounds. (laughs) There were no squirrels jumping on the back porch, nothing. Like, no footprints of any kind. It was it was eerie. Yeah, that does sound great. And then once the power came on, it was so loud. Everything <laughs> was so loud. Because the That's AC funny. had been off in everybody's units for hours. Oh, so they all turned they on. They all kicked on. Oh, That's funny. Very interesting. Things you don't think about that are making the background noise. Right. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Well, we're recording on Halloween. That is true. So happy Halloween to everybody that's not listening right now. Nope. But still, we hope you had a good Halloween. Yep. We are dressing up next weekend because as is normal for us, I just change holidays. Yep. Holiday dates because Riley is with his dad this weekend and not being able to dress up. So we are going to dress up next weekend, have Halloween candy. He's 15, so he's not looking to trick or treat, but he does want a costume. So I'll take him to Goodwill sometime next week, get him a costume. All right. Well, we're still going to walk around the neighborhood, though. Oh, yeah. Tonight, okay. Yeah, yeah. Tonight, you and I will, but this next weekend we are going to recreate our own little indoor Halloween. Sounds great. I think it'll be fun. We'll have we'll bring Sam inside. We'll get everybody's pictures. It'll be good. Yeah, nice. Yep. So I hope you did have a good Halloween. Um, if there are any scary movies we should watch, yeah, it's weekend. pretty much scary movie season year round here. Yes. So, so let me know um, if you're following us on Twitter. I actually don't remember if it was the Cast Files or my Circle Time with account that I was watching underwater. If you're looking for a claustrophobic movie, do it. Do that. That's great. So give me your suggestions, and we will see what movie we watch next weekend for our Halloween 2. Halloween? Maybe Halloween 2. Maybe. (laughs) Not Halloween Kills, because we watched that one already, and it sucked. It wasn't as good as I was hoping. That's 
A generous way to say that. The Fangoria article I read, though, about all of the effects was really good. So definitely, if you are a Fango subscriber, take a look at that article. If you are not, well... Don't. Then don't, yeah. All right, you ready for the episode? Sure. Let's get into it. Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I'm Dave Reed. And I'm a parasitic flukeworm. No, thank you. <laughs> and I'm Kristen Riley. And this is... Yes. You're not going to say it? No, that's your line. I was, I was holding for you. This is The Cast Files. I am a nerd who somehow never saw The X-Files. And I watched it when it originally aired. In fact, I remember this costume. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. As soon as I saw the thumbnail, I was like, oh, this one. <laughs> <laughs> the Cast Files is a podcast where we are watching and recording. Nope. Watching and commenting. What Discussing. are we doing? <laughs> We're watching and talking about <laughs> <laughs> The X-Files. Spoiler free. Today we are commenting. Yep. Talking about. Yep. Discussing. <laughs> season two, episode two, The Host. It originally aired September 23rd, 1994. It was written by Chris Carter and directed by Daniel Sackheim, his third episode. Oh, look at that. Look at it indeed. <laughs> Hulu says of the host that Mulder pursues a humanoid parasitic organism that uses sewage systems as its home. Not as home. No. Like as a way to escape. Yeah. I know we see it start in the sewage system, but I assumed it got sucked into the bilge pump. Yeah, me I'm, too. I'm not sure if the bilge pump is the right... Me neither. I don't know ship geography. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I just assumed it got sucked up into that, as opposed to it was just living there. Yeah, that makes more sense. So Hulu, we disagree. But I do have trivia right off the bat for this one, even before the cast. Oh, goody. The idea for this episode came about when Chris Carter was treating his dog for worms. That makes sense. Does it? Because I didn't think so. No, I think it makes sense because it's basically this thing is just big worms. It is big worms. And but in parasitical the worms. In the sewage? Well, no, I mean, he had the idea, what if there needs to be an episode about big worms? So big worm? I mean, big worm? I could see that. And then it just expands from there. It must. It, it must expand immediately because all i think about when the cats get worms is i'm like ah shit i bet the first thing he thought of was the guy in the shower puking up a worm oh that could that's where it started you know what that could be because i also think should i puke in the shower before (laughs) i call the vet (laughs) and simultaneously i'm like i skipped the flea medicine Mm. due date didn't i this is my fault (laughs) (laughs) all right the cast darren Morgan is the fluke worm. Okay. You may know him as a future writer on the X-Files. Oh, nice. I didn't write down what he wrote so that we're not spoiling. Okay. But he does come back. And there's a bit of trivia about him. Darren Morgan is the brother of producer-writer Glenn Morgan. Makes sense. Who would go on to write some of the series' most popular episodes. And some of the least popular ones. Yeah. Dan McKay is Charlie. She moved right when I said Charlie. (laughs) He was also Warden Joseph Cash from Beyond the Sea. Oh, nice. And Gabrielle Rose, I don't know if you uh, recognized her. She plays Dr. Zenzola here. 
She was Anita Budahas in Deep Throat. Shut up. They did her hair different. Yeah, she she looked completely different. Yep. As soon as I read that, I was like, it is her. But at first, I just thought, oh, I know her from something. Wow. So do you see the theme that I used for these? Yeah, I think the theme is X-Files. Yes, that's why it's only three people, because the others I couldn't fit into this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, so are you ready for the opening shot? I am. We are in the Atlantic Ocean, two miles off the coast of New Jersey. We're also in one of my worst nightmares. We're stuck on a barge in the middle of the ocean. That's flooding. (laughs) That's just the worst. Oh, I thought you were going to say a bunch of Russians. Uh, The Russians come in the next scenario. My nightmares don't really depict what nationality anybody is. Uh, Basically just being in the middle of the ocean on a thing that's sinking. I don't think flooding is the same as sinking. On a ship that big. What happens after it floods? It'd have to flood a lot. A ship that big, it would have to flood a lot. Well, it was also flooding with sewage. Shrug. I don't know. (laughs) Either way, I don't want to be in the middle of the ocean in any way, shape, or form. So, worst nightmare. One one of them. I have a lot of worst nightmares. (laughs) The men are speaking Russian, and one tells another to go figure out the shitter situation. David wanted to avoid this podcast turning into bathroom humor. But the X-Files has another idea. (laughs) (sighs) Bastards. The man gets snatched into a water tank while his teammates try unsuccessfully to save him. And when they flush the tanks, because he doesn't resurface, the tanks are empty. But he's probably fine. I don't think so. You don't think he's fine? I think he's the dead body. He is the dead body. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm saying he's probably (laughs) fine as this is the cold open and we don't know. We don't know yet. Stop spoiling later in the episode. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Probably fine. (laughs) We are now at Longstreet Motel, Washington, D.C., wiretap 5A21147. Mulder is still on surveillance duty because it's probably the same week or the next week. Probably the next week. Uh, And he's spitting sunflower seeds literally everywhere, just all over. This man is disgusting. The Chinese food, half in the container... The cups, and it's basically detritus everywhere he is. Is that how that's pronounced? Detritus? How do you pronounce it? Detritus. I don't like that. I'm not saying my way is correct. That's why I asked. It's English. They're both right. Oh, okay. Good. (laughs) Luckily for him, Skinner has requested Mulder specifically for this assignment in Newark, New Jersey. Unfortunately for the guy relieving Mulder, everything he's about to touch is covered in Duchovny saliva. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's sexy. But That's it's second sexy hand. saliva. It's not, is it second hand? I guess it's second hand. I mean, it's not, he isn't the first application. No, uh, I guess that's true. Okay. He's just getting transfer saliva. Transfer saliva. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is when Mulder hands the new guy the bag of sunflower seeds and says, Treat yourself. <laughs> Treat yourself. Treat yourself 2011. So off to Newark, New Jersey we go. Mulder is to meet with a Detective Norman. He was not in the X-Files elsewhere, so I did not put him in the cast. Oh. At the murder site, he tells Mulder that they left the body where they found it, and a guy brings over some muck boots. What do you call those boots? Galoshes. Okay. When I wrote that, I was like, I wonder what other people call them. You call it, oh, that was your words, muck boots? Mm-hmm. Huh, okay. Galoshes, rain boots. I think that's all I got. 
That's I, galoshes to me have a different use. Galoshes are less utilitarian and more like, oh, it's raining out. Let me just slip these on to get me from here to there. But these were definitely work boots. And so for some reason in my brain, that makes them muck boots instead because this you put those boots on when you're doing the dirty work. Oh. You put galoshes on when you're just like trying to get from your apartment to your car. Oh, okay. I can see it. The more you know. The more I know, the less I understand. Exactly. There's no reason for it, but I wouldn't wear my cute galoshes to go into yeah, the sewers. Your cute galoshes are pretty cute. Yeah. So I definitely <laughs> wouldn't wear those in the sewer. <laughs> There were a lot of fashion galoshes at the at the regatta yesterday. Did you see them? I no, I didn't. I didn't know. I should not be surprised. But who knew we were going to go on a tangent about waterproof boots? But there was a lady wearing waterproof boots that had heels. Oh my god! And some designer name on them. I can't remember what the designer name was. But those definitely wouldn't be muck boots. Oof! I want to walk into the ocean now. Sarasota was wearing a lot of designer leisure wear. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what? They won that race, so. They won, like, all the races. I know. Really good. Really awesome. Awesome job. Okay. So, now I have to find my place because I'm talking about boots. Detective Norman says that in this case, they're happy to turn it over to the FBI because we know that oftentimes in movies and books, I don't know what happens in real life because I'm neither FBI nor generic cop. I don't know what you call the local <laughs> the uh, local Leos. I'm not I'm not any of this. But on TV and in in books, when the cops the the feds show up, the local cops are like they're coming to take our our I don't know, paperwork away. This I don't know is what, my jurisdiction. Yeah. They all get all nasty about it. But in this case, not so much. A little later, we get more visuals on just how disgusting this case is. Uh, there's plenty of gagging to go around. As soon as they get into the sewer, everybody's like, <laughs> don't breathe, yikes. And I said, sorry, D, this whole episode is a poop joke. Uh, it doesn't get any better from here. It doesn't. The suits walk through a few inches of smelly liquid in the sewer and discuss why they're there. The body was discovered by a sanitation worker, which, by the way, thank you for all you do. I don't think that they get enough credit for the amount of work that they're doing. Especially this episode is just like, being in the sewer is smelly. <laughs> and it's like, the, people work there. Yeah. So like, maybe give them raises and unionize. They're city workers, so I'm sure they're unionized. That'd be good. Yeah. I also don't know that. I might be wrong, but... If not, then yes, do it. Okay, so they can't ID the body because there's not an ID on it. And uh, the, pretty, the front side is pretty much eaten away what they say and they don't flip over the body even whatever the molder says it's not unnecessary but here's the thing i'm assuming the thing that ate his body is a cryptid that we're hunting in this episode but what about the rats in lazarus the rats ate that guy's face within hours shouldn't his body be joining the circle of life too yeah yeah <laughs> i'm baffled as to why Mulder even had to go to newark to go look at the body that's in the sewer they just left the body there yeah. For him to fly a couple hours to come look at it and not touch it, not do anything with it, doesn't make any kind of sense. It doesn't. They really should have pulled that body out of the sewer before any FBI even got there. I don't know. I did note that they hadn't moved the body, and I said, I hope they did all the recon work dead bodies require, because we don't see any 
tags, any numbers. Nobody's taking pictures. There's no forensic nothing. stuff. Yeah. And I would forgive not seeing that on camera if not for the ending of this episode. Right. From now on, well, I want to talk about that when we get there. Okay. So next we go to the FBI headquarters because Mulder is also like, why did I come here? It is in Washington, D.C., and I didn't map this, but I'm wondering what the train ride is from D.C. to Newark. It's probably like two hours. Yeah, a couple hours. Probably didn't fly because it's... You're probably right. I just, I'm fascinated by that because we have zero actual public transit here. Yeah, I've never lived in a city that has public transit, so I never think of trains. Me neither. But like the East Coast is just riddled with tracks. Right. I don't either unless we're in D.C. because I've been to D.C. and I have been on the subway. And I've been in New York and I've had to go to New Jersey on the subway. And so because I've physically done it, Mm -hmm. then my brain goes, oh, trains. Yeah. But anywhere else in the country, no. Nope. And like, how do you get there? Do you just walk? I don't know. (laughs) City bike? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that seems super dangerous. So back at FBI headquarters, Mulder is standing in Skinner's secretary's office, pacing, looking at his watch. He paces back and forth restlessly till the door to Skinner's office opens and the secretary steps out. Mulder is rude to her, but she is freaking awesome at her job. (laughs) Mulder demands to see Skinner, but his secretary is doing her damn job and doing it well. And Gate keeps him from getting in. She doesn't lose her cool. She just basically is like, nope, mm mm-mm. Not a job I would want to have because the amount of the personality type for someone to be at that level and gatekeep that kind of a person, you'd have to be like super detail oriented to make sure that the calendar was all set. But then you'd also have to be assertive enough to stand up to these blowhards who are constantly pacing outside his office. <laughs> That's why in movies, uh, the secretary is always like, uh, sir, no, oh, right. you can't go in there. And they just get blown past right. by the cool guy who's assertive. Right. But really, in real life, this is how they are. <laughs> so, awesome. I, I really enjoyed her. Mulder keeps posturing, so she opens the door to Skinner's office, revealing the very busy man himself standing in the middle of his office. It's a funny shot to me. I'm sure he's actually, this is before the reveal, I'm sure he's actually doing busy doing government things but it's still funny because when she opens the office she had just said how busy he was and he's standing there like looking at i guess he was a paper his hands i don't know he was just kind of standing there (laughs) (laughs) and so in that shot it was just like very busy man looking at his shoes i don't know (laughs) so skinner asks Mulder if there's a problem and Mulder says yeah there is so boss babe skinner tells him to make an appointment Mulder doesn't like that. Mulder says, it's kind of hard to make an appointment when you're up to your ass in raw sewage, being jerked around from one meaningless assignment to another. Wild speculation. What conclusions would Mulder have drawn in season one if this was an X-File? Huh. This is a new segment I'm putting in here. Okay. Called wild speculation. (laughs) Well, he didn't look at the body, so I don't think he could come up with something crazy no but if he was in the x-files and was called out to newark new jersey to a sewer with a half-eaten body he would have immediately been like cryptid right or sewer alligator or aliens it's always aliens sewer aliens uh newark he might go the jersey devil's back right could be the jersey devil that kid needs to eat yeah and the body was chewed on right there you go he didn't even look at he just kind of like glanced at this this dead body because he was all huffy but if this had been an x-file 
before he even got there, he'd be telling Scully that it was some sort of, it's the Jersey Devil again. Jersey Devil is, I don't, is, has come back, oh, I was going to say it's come back so that we can go on a date, but she died. Damn it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Well, so if this had been an X-File from the start, he would have behaved completely differently. Yeah, because he would have gotten the information. He wouldn't have been assigned it. He would have gotten the information from the magazine. That's true. Yes. <laughs> uh. So Mulder pulls a Mulder and throws a fit. Skinner tells him that he's out of line and then asks Mulder to please inform the room as to why you regard your homicide case in New Jersey as meaningless. Such a good own. It's great because he invites him out of the office and New Covney just turns the corner, looks around, and just that look on his face like, oh, man, I screwed up. Yep, you could see it. <laughs> it's good. It's so good. The reveal is so good. So, UB Skinner. So, this is me as Moeller. I'm in the room, and I am now addressing the room full of suits. I'm sure that they are all as... They're probably higher level than Agent Skinner. So, a bunch of faceless suits who make decisions and are powerful. And now for Cast Files Theater. It seemed to me like a simple drugland body dump. Not the type of case the FBI normally wastes its time and manpower on. Certainly, Agent Mulder, given your recent history here, you're not one to judge what is or is not a waste of the Bureau's time or manpower. Sir, my work on the X-Files... The X-Files have been closed, Agent Mulder. You will carry out your new assignments and investigate them to the best of your ability. Is that not clear? That was Cast Files Theater. Then I have to put my tail between my legs and go back to spitting sunflower seeds on everything. If only he could slowly saunter over to a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Flick that slowly lighter Slowly pull one out. <laughs> Oh, it's such a good scene. And this is so great with Mulder throwing this fit the week after he ran off from his job to Puerto Rico and had people tracking him. How, how many man hours do you think it took to track him down? I mean, those two people are still in St. Croix. Still. They were they just hanging out. Yes, they're just hanging out. Good for them. Ugh. So the next scene, we're still in Washington, D.C. Mulder sits on a park bench looking out at the Washington Monument and Scully walks up to him. There's two assault jokes in a row because this is classy. Mm-hmm. Scully reminds him that he's never really tried to do his assignments, so... <laughs> <laughs> and Scully decides that she's going to try to do the autopsy. There's obviously banter back and forth, but it was to get to here. Yeah. Mulder is, she, she, somehow, oh, here's the question that I have about the scene. Who did Scully talk to to find out that Mulder showed his ass to Skinner? (laughs) I wonder. Because they aren't even in the same buildings. It's not like the break room is chatting about this. Right. Did she say she's at Quantico? Yeah, she's at Quantico. And he's in D.C. Yeah. Huh. I don't know how close those are. I don't either, but they're not the same building, at least. They must be pretty close because she keeps... Yeah, they keep hanging out. She keeps going and (laughs) putting that frame on its belly. Let me look. Wanako is in Virginia. I know that. But I guess I would assume it's part of the Beltway. Okay. It looks like it's about 30 miles away. Oh, okay. I've been in the FBI building. I've not been in that FBI building. I might have just lied to you. Have I been in the FBI building or (sighs) just in the spy museum? 
I did not lie to you. I have not been in that FBI building. I don't remember. I know I've been on the street by the FBI building <laughs> for certain. It's just, it's been a long time since I was eight years old, so I can't remember which FBI building I was in. Man, you had a very active one year of your life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, 1980, end of 1985 to most of 1986 was, was hectic. It seems like it. <laughs> Lots going on. So Scully is going to do the autopsy, and Mulder's like, meh. <laughs> Back at the FBI National Academy of Quantico, Virginia. Here we are. Scully's wearing gloves and goggles. She, she has gloves. That's good. Just need to point out she's got gloves here. She turns on the examination light, which has a camera attached, and unzips the body bag. The stench is so unbearable, she groans and covers her nose. But she doesn't use that uh, menthol stuff under her nose. I know. And she does, it's like she, uh, she regulates to the smell real fast because it's <laughs> never a problem again. And I know that you get used to funky smells, but it seems like it might take more than one scrunched up face. I guess not. I guess not. Maybe when you're an autopsy person. Maybe. I feel like there's got to be some tricks. I think the menthol under the I nose. really like yeah. that idea. Every time I see it in a movie, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It does make sense. Even if it doesn't cover it all the way up, it's going to be so powerful that it's going to blow out your <laughs> your sinuses. So it can't be as bad. Yeah. I'm pro. I'm pro that. <laughs> <laughs> After she unzips the bag, the body is out. We see the body out of the bag and she's speaking out loud to a tape recorder. Look at that. I remembered what it was called this time. Good job. Thanks. Here's a bit of trivia. When Scully states the autopsy number is 101356, that is October 13th, 1956, and it is Chris Carter's birthday. <laughs> she does the autopsy as usual until a flatworm peeks out of the body and says, Hello, would you like some tea? <laughs> Scully would not like some tea. Instead, she uses a clamp to pull on it, which is rude. I was like, why is this autopsy scene going so long? This is so unnecessary. Oh, okay. He was like, come by, don't say hi to the missies. Yes, that's exactly the worm that I was picturing. Come on in, have a nice cup of tea. Come inside and meet the missus. She'd have kept on going down that way. She'd have gone straight to the castle. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice that the they were using practical effects in this one. Yeah. No weird CGI uh, worms. Yeah, no, this was good. In Newark, uh, we're back in the sewers. Two sanitation workers are in the sewers doing sanitation worker stuff. Bye, Craig. Yeah. That's what I said. Oh, just kidding. His buddy pulls him out of the water and the water, whatever in the water had him, releases him. But this is where you said, oh, you're just going to be down in there with no gloves? He didn't have any gloves on. It's just another X-Files, gloves, gloveless X-Files scene. Like, even if you're shooting, you're because that's not on a soundstage. That's what I was thinking. Where are they? So they're on location somewhere. Just Put some gloves on. Yikes. Ugh. So Craig makes it out of this scene because his buddy pulls him out of the water. And I'm sorry I don't have his his name. And I know you don't always have to be buddies with the person that you're paired up with at work. Right. In this case, I feel like going through something like this. You're buddies they, now? If, yeah. If they weren't <laughs> buddies before, you know, they're at least work buddies now. <laughs> Craig is safe-ish on the concrete wall, and his buddy runs off to get help. We see Craig has been chewed on by something, but we don't see what that something is. In Middlesex County Hospital, back in New Jersey, 
we uh, are with Craig at the doctor's office. This is probably a HIPAA violation, but here we are. Because <laughs> she's telling Mulder everything that's wrong with him? Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Zenzola is shining her pin light in Craig's eyes, which naturally dilates. So he's we're, we're seeing, based on our very minimal information, we're like, oh, okay, so he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, eyes dilate. You're fine. You're fine. Give him a lollipop and get him out of that's there. That's right. What else do you need? We know when the eyes don't move properly that there's something wrong. Well, you're messed up. Yep. You're about to become a monster. That's it. But his eyes dilate, so he must be a-okay. Craig mentions a nasty taste in his mouth, and the doctor checks his throat and then gives him a stick of gum, saying it'll go away. We all acknowledge it's weird for the FBI to be here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mulder is waiting for the report from the doctor. The doctor says that Craig's Craig was attacked. She relays the story to him. And at first, she thought it was just a disability claim. And I said, in all caps, he has a wound, ma'am. Right. Anybody that I see here that's a worker, I immediately think they're lying. It was. Nobody made any comments. I was hoping you were going to say something out loud when we were watching it, but you didn't. (laughs) And I was just like, your immediate first thought was, he just wants out of this? Yeah, he's a liar. His colleague pulled him bodily out of (laughs) this sewer. And he has a wound, ma'am. Yeah, it makes me... Cringe. Furious. I'm a little surprised that his manager wasn't there at the receiving end of the HIPAA violation. Because that's what they do at my company. The doctor talks to your manager before they talk to you. What? (laughs) Yeah. That can't be... Legal? No, it's not. But who cares? It's a multi-multi-billion dollar corporation. They don't have to follow the law. Holy fuck. They talk to their manager before they talk to you? Yeah. Oh. I knew it was bad, but like every time that you tell me a story, it's just more repulsive. It just keeps adding. There's never anything subtracting the awful. It's just more and more illegal. They one time denied a guy disability or like short time disability Mm -hmm. because he didn't fall down when his knee completely dislocated. He caught himself from face planting? Basically. No, he didn't fall down, so it's not an injury. What? (laughs) Yeah. That's what we need. We need paper pushing managers to define what an in, what is and is not an injury. Mm-hmm. And doctors who are happily paid off to just sign those papers. Yeah, it's a cool system we have in this country. I love this country. <sighs> <laughs> so that was my thought about that hospital scene. Like, oh, I'm surprised the guy's manager isn't there. It was 94. Maybe uh, his manager was in the next room talking to somebody else on a disability <laughs> claim. As... Dr. Zenzolo readies the tetanus shot for Craig. She explains he's in satisfactory health, although they've given him a heavy course of antibiotics and she's checking for hepatitis, which seems like it's not the same. I don't know. I guess I feel like if I were delivering this information, I feel like he seems to be in good health, but to be completely sure that that doesn't change, we're looking, we're checking for hepatitis, we're checking, we're giving him a tetanus shot, we're doing this course of antibiotics, but there's just no bedside manner for lack of a better way to describe this yeah but she's talking to Mulder, not him i know but it just seems like i don't know that's kind of what i want out of a doctor to tell you the truth this is what's going on with you this is what we're doing about it i want some compassion i want somebody to be like look this is scary but i know what i'm doing and here's what i'm gonna do about it just acknowledge that mm, okay that's what nurses are for though nurses are great i love nurses i have only had one bad nurse in my entire experience with nurses everybody else has just been freaking phenomenal that's great so overall 
nurses need need more pay and to unionize. <laughs> <laughs> so they're giving him the tetanus shot. She basically jams it in his arm. I don't know if you saw, noticed that, but it it's rough. She's she's aggressive towards our our dude Craig here. Oh, and that's when she mentions that that there's the wound on his back, and it's something she's never seen before. Well, yeah, of course she hasn't. Well, that makes sense, but he's in perfect health, and I thought he was lying, but also, <laughs> maybe he's got this bacterial infection on his back. Again, not a doctor, or even qualified to make any sort of medical anything that doesn't involve my personal body. But I would not say someone's in 100% satisfactory health if half of their back <laughs> is covered in what I believe to be a bacterial infection. Well, look, satisfactory to you doesn't mean the same thing as satisfactory to other people. It doesn't. So back in the room with Craig, Zenzola introduced Mulder to Craig because all of this had taken place in another room. Mulder asks about the attack and Craig suggests a snake like a python or boa constrictor. The look on Mulder's face is like, what in the actual hell? <laughs> and Craig says, yeah, a few years ago he found and was bitten by an alligator. And the first time that I watched this, I was just like, yeah, of course. Because <laughs> we live in Florida and yeah, you, there's alligators everywhere. There's Of course. And there's snakes everywhere. So, if you go to South Florida. There's an alligator in our kitchen right now. Oh, I hope the cats don't get in there. <laughs> <laughs> if there's, I what did I hear? Somebody somebody said if you spit and walk away within minutes, an alligator will be in that water. There's <laughs> alligators literally everywhere. <laughs> uh, however, she put it was better than that. But it was basically if there's water, mm-hmm. there's an alligator. Just assume there's an alligator in it. And then with the boa constrictors and the pythons. For anybody who doesn't live here or hear about our snakes, people do release their pet snakes into the Everglades, and it's become a real problem because obviously they are non-native, so the native birds and and other animals don't have defenses for this, and they're being gobbled up, and then there's tons of food down there, so the snakes are procreating, Mm -hmm. which causes more and more snakes and problems, and... So this first thing, yeah, it being a snake, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yikes. It's it's scary here. Scully calls and we get the Mulder It's Me meme. I don't know if you've seen that a bunch, but there's like t-shirts and mugs and memes and everything where it's, hey Mulder, it's me. Or, hey Scully, it's me. No, I haven't seen any yeah. of that. So this is, I think, the first time that they've said it. I don't know, that's not part of the trivia, but this is the first time that I believe I've written it down. And she explains about the parasite that invited her to tea, but she's having it tested instead. Oh. Again, rude. And killed it. Yeah. It's in the formaldehyde. It is. You would think you would keep it alive and look at it. I think parasites, they don't care. Yeah, all right. Still rude. It invited her to tea. And it's like a big old thing that you would think you'd be interested in figuring out what it is. Yeah. Instead of just saying, it's a fluke. I mean, that's a generic term, I think. It is. Yeah, so. And I have in a moment, I have a short science corner to tell us how big they are. Yeah, okay. Mulder's like, I don't care about this worm that asked you to tea and great, whatever. He hangs up and (laughs) in my notes, I say he doesn't take any pictures of the bite on Craig. But later we see a picture of the bite on Craig. So apparently somebody took a (laughs) picture. Craig asks asks when he can leave and Mulder's phone rings again. Why did I say it's not me this time? Oh, (laughs) 
I was having fun in my own head. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. So the phone rings, he answers it, and it's mystery guy who confirms that Mueller has a friend in the FBI. And then the person hangs up. So, wild speculation time number two, who is in that red high-backed chair? I have no idea, because in my head, I was just saying out loud, you have a friend in the FBI. Mm. Over and over again, I was just doing different voices that were not the voice of the guy. Nope. Eventually, I landed on Giancarlo Esposito. That would be very interesting. <laughs> but He was working at the time, but that was not his voice. No, it, no, it wasn't. That would be great a great reveal, though, if you're like, oh, look at him. <laughs> He'd be so young. It would be. Oh, crazy. It'd be usual suspects, Giancarlo. Well, Zenzola wants to release Craig if Mulder is done with him, which he is. So we wrap that scene. At FBI National Academy in Quantico, Virginia, Mulder meets with Scully and she hands him a container with the parasite in it. It's called a turbillaria or a fluke or flatworm. So science corner. Science corner with Kristen. How big do turbillaria get? How big would you say this specific prop worm was? If you stretched it all the way out, I'd say it's close to a foot. Pretty thick, though. Yeah. So, from a website called microscopemaster.com. Now, do tapeworms count as flukes? I don't know. I didn't look that up. Okay. I can look that up in a minute. Because I'll tell you, those can get up to like three feet. Yes. But this is a turbillaria, which is a specific type of worm. Okay. So this is this is the worm that she thinks it is. Okay. The fluke, I think, is the general uh, term. Like, flatworms are a variety of... You know what? I got hung up on what the cryptid was until they explain it at the end. So I was like, this is just like the baby form of it. Right. This is not what the actual thing is. So a turbillaria is a an actual creature type of flatworm or fluke. Okay. The majority, about two-thirds of turbillarians, are small in size, measuring between 0.8 and 2 millimeters in length. <laughs> okay, so why on earth would she think that that's what this thing is? I don't know. Because when... In a bit, when Mulder says, could this thing make this, have bitten this guy, she laughs. But honestly, if this thing is two millimeters normally, and the one, the specimen she has is a foot long, that's as outrageous of a jump in conclusion uh-huh. as it being large enough to have bitten Craig. Yeah. So, uh, there are a few species that are larger in size and can grow to be up to several centimeters long (laughs) well this one's several centimeters long scully explains how it invited her to tea but tea was apparently eating that guy's liver so she killed it instead oh okay you like how i continued on with this i do (laughs) it's unclear whether the parasite was contracted before or after death being that the body was recovered in the sewer yeah that makes sense to me and she also says that there's no (laughs) there's no obvious cause of death he had to have drowned right I'm assuming they would have checked his lungs, and if his lungs weren't filled with water, then it wouldn't have been drowning. Well, he definitely wasn't dead when they were trying to pull him back in. That's true. He had to have drowned in the process of... Getting bitten and stuff. Yeah. There's no way that guy didn't have water in his lungs. You're right. Even if he died before he fully drowned, like he got killed while he was drowning. Right. He'd still have water in his lungs. I agree. I don't know why they skipped that. We saw him. They skipped a lot of things. They did. In this episode. They really did. They were like, worms are great. Let's just talk about worms. Believe it or not, something like 40 million people are infected with flatworms worldwide. 
I believe it. Yikes. I won't go into why I believe it and why I believe that a lot of places have very poor sanitary conditions. Because this is not a political podcast. Even though I keep saying unionize and pay people better. <laughs> I don't think that should be political. I don't think so either. So, yes, even though. Okay. Mulder asks how big they can get and pulls out a picture of Craig's bite mark that he totally didn't take. <laughs> Scully laughs because there's no way this parasite can get that big, right? She also confirms that there's no way this is the murderer. Mulder says at least the New York Department of Sanitation will find the Turbolaria interesting. And he said that, and both times that he said that when I watched this, I was like, don't you? <laughs> I find this interesting. Yeah, the thing is huge and living inside of a person. I would be like, what? Is this a new problem? Is this going to cause other issues? Do we need to get the CDC down here? What? Yes. What do we, what? This is interesting, Mulder. Yeah. Just because it's actually biological and not alien doesn't mean that it's not a big deal. Apparently uh, it does. I think Mulder's bad at his job. I think he's still suffering the effects of his depression. But still, can't you see a, at least an epidemic when it's, in your hand, in a jar? Not him. He also didn't care about finding what happened to this dude. There still is a dead guy. Right. And he's just like, I don't want to do this. I can't believe you made me look at it. <laughs> Ugh. Mulder then accuses Scully of sharing their conversation, then tells Scully not to bother launching a campaign for him, which I thought was really egotistical. I don't. Of she, course you don't. She is I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> so pro molder it's blinded you. Yeah. No, she is a good friend to him, and a good friend might do something like that. So, I don't think it's egotistical. I think it's him knowing her. Mm, but she didn't do it. No, she didn't. But He tells her about the mystery call, and she looks shocked. Scully would never betray a confidence, or champion the X-Files to be reopened. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Back in Newark, New Jersey, we are in Craig's house, off, uh, apartment, can't tell. We're in his bathroom. He turns on the shower and unrobes, revealing a huge scar still on his back, which of course, because... It's been a day. Yeah, it's... He opens the medicine cabinet and takes out the toothpaste. While he's looking in the mirror, he applies the toothpaste to his toothbrush and starts brushing his teeth, but he's making that face that you... The universal face of my mouth tastes gross, and he eventually squeezes all of the toothpaste into his mouth, and he's like chewing on it. <laughs> it's... Uh, he brushes his teeth like a weirdo. And then he spits his toothpaste into the sink, and he was almost gagging. I was almost gagging. It was just... this Spits is where, a lot of blood out. There's a lot... Yes, that's what I meant to get to, but oh. I was too busy gagging. And but then yeah. and then he just gets in the shower. You don't go directly to the hospital if you spit that much blood out. I don't know. He's you had know. a rough day. Yeah. And it's about to get rougher because he doesn't go straight to the hospital. Would you go straight to the hospital? If I spit out a pint of blood? In this economy? <laughs> With my insurance? I wouldn't take an ambulance, but I'd go to the hospital. <laughs> You'd be like, Kristen, get the car. <laughs> I'm going to hold this towel to my face. <laughs> he gets in the shower and lets the water run over him because, seriously, he's had a rough day. Would you go back to the hospital after the doctor was like, I thought he was lying. I thought he was making it all up. After spitting out a pint of blood, yes. That's like one-eighth of all my blood. <laughs> I need that stuff. Okay. Well, he starts to choke, and he's holding his throat. Blood drips out of his mouth as he tries to throw up, and then a large fluke worm slithers its way out of his mouth and down the drain. Slither. Yep. 
I got these long fingernails right now. You do. Your fingernails are longer than mine. I trimmed mine. I'm going to. Unless you want to back scratch later. That would be good. My back is still uh, still tight from blowing it out a week ago. From filling my water bottle with water. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, so that's all we see about that. The, it, the fluke worm is about the same size as the one that they have, that Scully has. In Newark County Sewage Processing Plant, we see the foreman talking to Mulder, and he's taking him on a grand tour of the facility. Mulder decides to show and tell his pocket worm. I just realized after you said that, he's not carrying a bag or anything. Where did he get it? Pocket worm. (laughs) It's just in his suit pocket. Mm -hmm. He's got a giant pocket in his suit. As he walks, it's like banging into yeah. his hip. He's going to have a slight bruise on his thigh. If, if he runs anywhere. Yep. <laughs> clang, clang, clang. The foreman is not impressed. The foreman's like, yeah, looks like a worm. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I actually loved the foreman's response to his pocket worm because he's just like, yep. Yep. Shit's down there. <laughs> it's crazy. Cut to Charlie outside smoking over the retention tanks. Charlie is one of the uh, the sewage processing plant workers. An older guy, and he's just taking his break outside. He hears a splash and sees an alligator-sized fluke worm swimming in the tank. So he runs inside because obviously nothing that large should be in this water. He calls the foreman who runs down to Charlie's station. I call it Charlie's station. It's where, I don't know, it's where he's backwashing the, um, the tanks, flushing the tanks. And Mulder comes with him running with the fluke worm in his pocket. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Charlie is flushing the tank to see what's swimming around. I guess in this scenario, they weren't worried about drowning whatever it was because they suck it up into that tube yeah. and then shine the light on it. I guess, yeah, I don't I don't know. Well, I don't think he thought it was a person, so. No. no, I don't either. But if it was an alligator, he would still drown it that way. Not for a long time, though. I don't know how long alligators can stay under water. It's quite a while. At least half hour. Hmm. All I know is to not get in the water because there are alligators in it. All how, I, <laughs> how long they can stay down there waiting for me to forget that? Not sure. All I know is at the Indianapolis Zoo in the aquarium section, there's like a rainforest part. There's like Brazilian gators or crocodiles or whatever. And they hover at the top of the water. And if you get up close to the glass and you look them directly in the eye for like 20 seconds, they, they drop to the bottom. It's real fun when you're a kid. Why didn't you take me to that zoo? That zoo sounds amazing. Uh, I don't know. You were so depressed when we went there. I, yeah. Indianapolis is not for me anymore, apparently. I enjoyed that little pinball arcade place that we went to. That was cool. Pin Vault. I hope it's still going. Me if, too. If it is, you should go check it out. Yes. It's like once a month. Yep. It was very cool. Oh, speaking of shoes, like we were earlier, I was not wearing the right shoes, and I should have had some... Either muck boots, muck boots. <laughs> or designer galoshes. High-heeled muck boots. You know what? Anything would have been better than the little ballet flats I was wearing like an asshole. I, <laughs> we went in April, it should not have snowed. I guess, yeah. I didn't have the right shoes, but I, I had, I didn't realize how wrong the shoes were. You should have be. had the right shoes. Those it, shoes should have been fine. It seemed like it would have been okay. But, um, oh, so what they find in the tube is a human fluke worm. Finally, we get to see a monster. Yes. Here's that budget that I was talking about. Right? Yeah. I have some trivia about that suit and and the guy who was in the suit and being the whole fluke worm situation. But here is a bit of trivia that I did not 
check, but was on the IMDb page for trivia. Are you ready? Okay. The look of the flukeworm appears to be strongly based on a birth defect known as harlequin-type ichthyosis. What? Babies with this birth defect are born with extremely dry, cracked skin resembling scales or armored plating due to a defect in the gene that directs skin cell division, causing them to divide and grow far faster than the body's ability to shed them, also causing their mouth to be pulled into a wide, circular gap due to the tightly pulled skin and giving them an alien appearance. Oh, wow. In all except a tiny handful of cases, babies born with it don't live longer than a few days, a week at the most, because the skin cells divide so rapidly their bodies simply can't consume and process enough nutrition to keep their cellular division. Oh, wow. That's horrifying. I've heard of this harlequin type ichthyosis. I just couldn't look it up. Yeah. I didn't want the pictures. Nope. It sounds awful for everybody. Just heartbreaking. It sounds heartbreaking. Yep, we should move on. <sighs> okay, so we're going to move on to the FBI headquarters where Scully is reading a report on flatworms on her computer and she voices over the scene as she writes down her findings. So this is an alternate on Field Report Scully because she's using a pad to oh. write it down. Apparently she doesn't have a computer at the office. She's reading on a computer. Oh yeah, weird. Yeah, <laughs> she's not. she didn't split the screen. Huh. So, whatever. Someone slips a tabloid under her door, and like the rest of us, she becomes easily distracted from her research and instead reads the trash mag. Oh, she bends down, grabs it, reads a bit of it, giving whoever gave it to her so much time to get away, and then she walks out of her office. Like, oh, who did this? No, you're not going to catch her, her, whoever that did it, because you gave them like a minute and a half. (laughs) Well, so here's a bit of trivia. While Scully reads the newspaper left under her door, there's a news article that shows of the death of Nirvana lead singer Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain's death had occurred earlier that year. Yes, it had. She does find an article with a headline, Monster on Board! Exclamation point question mark. Under it, it reads, Bizarre accident on a Russian cargo ship has official suspicious. There is a picture of the ship. And Scully looks up in realization, then turns to her computer. She calls up the pathology report and zooms in on the arm a few times. There is the tattoo I didn't mention. Yeah. There's the tattoo I didn't mention at all on the autopsy. That she noticed the first time around, and it's obviously Cyrillic. Somehow she didn't go, oh, I bet this guy's Russian. Nope, she did not. Her phone rings, and she answers it slowly. Now it's Mulder's turn to do the meme. He says, hey, Scully, it's me. Hey, Scully, it's me. <laughs> hey, Scully. You want to see my skinny jeans? Skinny legs and skinny jeans. Mulder says she must have caught the runt of the litter, and she has no idea what he's referring to. Nope. <laughs> in Middlesex County Psychiatric Hospital, Scully is looking through the window in the door into a small room, possibly a washroom, with a sink and various pipes in the corner. Seems like a strange place to put somebody. They're like... Where should we take a big, giant worm that is killing people? Oh, psychiatric hospital. Right. We'll get get him a shrink. The flukeworm person is hiding in the corner, and they have no sex organs, so we should gawk. Oh, yeah. And I guess I'm saying him, but that's because the actor is a him. Yeah. Scully says, Lady Helminths. I'm sorry, what? Lady Helminths? Or hermaphroditic? Oh, what a Helminitis. Plumma... Yep, I nailed it. (laughs) 
You added some extra letters in there. <laughs> you know how some letters are silent? Yes. This is where they all go? Yep. <laughs> Mulder says, this is amazing. It's vestigial features. Oh, she says, Mulder, this is amazing. The vestigial features appear to be parasitic, but it has primate physiology. All coming together in this scene. It's really not, though. No, it isn't. Here's a bit of trivia about that suit. Because the suit did not permit Darren Morgan to breathe through his nose, if you picture the suit, you can see that it covers his nose, uh, he was unable to eat while wearing it. Ooh. Which, at first glance, you're just like, okay. But then when you realize how much time it took to put the suit on and how much time he was in it, yeah, he must have been miserable. No, he absolutely was miserable. So here's a bit more. The flukeworm suit took six hours to put on. Oof. At one point... Darren Morgan had to wear it for 20 consecutive hours. He had to relieve himself while wearing the suit. Doesn't say if there was a way to do that. I'm sure because I'm not sure. I'm unsure anything about any of it. But this means that for at least 20 hours, probably 21 hours, bare minimum, he was unable to eat anything. I wonder why they're striking. I don't. Oh. This seems like a good example. Oh, okay. Of terrible work conditions oh if you say so <laughs> fbi headquarters i love Mulder being put in his place it's my favorite <laughs> skinner reads Mulder's report not for content but to ensure he did it right <laughs> here v skinner the strangeness of the criminal and the crime are not lost on me i had my reaction to them this morning in my conversation with the federal prosecutor's office about how to process the suspect this meeting is to evaluate your work. Which is, oh, so good. <laughs> so good. He's just like, I'm putting you in your place, and we both know I'm putting you in your place, and I'm just going to keep doing it. Man, you're, just, you're so hard on the mans. He's not doing his job, <laughs> ever. <sighs> I know, but he looks good while not doing it. Yeah, and he's leaving saliva everywhere. <laughs> yeah, sexy. <laughs> Mulder says they can't prosecute because it's a monster, not a man. He's not wrong. I know. He isn't. It's It makes sense. I don't know what you're going to do with this. This is when we discover that Craig died. Sad. I liked his attitude. R.I.P. Craig. Craig seemed like a just a good dude. He was just doing his, doing his damn job and just trying to get through the day. Sure. He had a decent attitude for being attacked by what he thinks was a boa constrictor. And he was attacked and bitten by an alligator a couple years ago. And he's just like, he's still getting in the water. <laughs> I've never been attacked by an alligator and i'm not getting in the water i still i still do my job after being bit by dogs all the time you know dry shampoo i know of it that's what i use instead of taking a bath because i don't get in the water oh okay <laughs> i just rub it and then i roll around oh okay in the dirt in the dirt okay it's great how many dogs do you get bit by uh, i guess it's been over a year since i've been bit by a dog I, got, I had a good run there for a little while. So now it's it's time? You're waiting? Yeah. And I and I got bit twice on one small little street in like two months. Oh, that sucks. So I imagine that's where it's going to happen again. Yep. Because those dogs are little yappy a-holes. This is why when I told him that a dog chased me down during my run a couple weeks ago, he was just like, yeah, that happens to me constantly. Yeah. It's all the time. But mine was a bully breed i don't get no i can't say i don't get chased by bully breeds no because i do it seems like the biggest problem 
with most of your dogs are the small ones. Yeah. Even though there are some big ones, but you're like, all right. I hate the ones that are, they look cool until I get to the door and knock on the door and then they go crazy. And I'm like, all right, I got this far. <laughs> I'm already this far. Now I got to get back to my truck. <laughs> right. Why are you doing this now? Yeah. That's not cool. I could have left this out by the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> if you had just been not cool from the start or cool the whole time. Those are those are what I need. <sighs> <sighs> so Skinner knows that this should have been an X-File, but he reminds Mulder that no one in the government takes responsibility for their actions because they all take their orders from someone. Usually Raytheon. Yep. <laughs> I said, which isn't fair. Literally all of us do. But you and I don't typically have the power to save lives. <laughs> yeah. I believe I said it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was being nasty towards Skinner being like, we all take orders from somebody. And, but I mean, yeah, we all do. All of us little minor worker bees have to take orders from people. But I'm just going to reiterate, we're not killing people. Most of the time. I don't think I've ever done anything in my work life that's resulted in anything harmful oh well you know not my work life i know eight-year-old you yeah i didn't have a job at the time <laughs> my my job doesn't impact anybody enough for it to have any <laughs> sort of actual uh, real real implications but that's that's what i have to deal with so back at the middlesex county psychiatric hospital we get a really look good at uh, really look good thank you <laughs> you're, you're welcome <laughs> We get a really good look at this cryptid as it's being taken away by the U.S. Marshal. <laughs> and I just wrote, LOL, it escapes. <laughs> I wrote, why do you go in the back? So you look back in the back and it's not strapped to the table anymore. It still hasn't gone anywhere. There's no hole in the floor. There's no hole in the ceiling. It's still back there. Right. Just go to where you're going. Deal with it then. Call it in immediately. Yeah. Stay in your cab that's sectioned off from the back. Right. Then drive to where you're going. Yeah. Maybe get an escort, but don't stop and then get in the back with it. Right? What do you think is going to happen? Well. That's what I think is going to happen. Yep. And I said, uh-oh, Lake Betty, because after the guy shoots, I know he shoots at the flukeworm probably, but in my brain, he's got a shotgun and he shoots himself in the face. Uh, I, he puts a hole in the roof, I'm sure, because a shotgun in that cramped quarters does you no good. No. That was such a bad idea. All of it. Oh, it's top to bottom. This guy, yeah, U.S. Marshal, he's no Raylan Givens. Nope. Raylan Givens would have taken out that fluke worm. He would have. He would have given him a chance. He'd, <laughs> he'd have had him draw down. Yep, he would have. Ugh. So a little bit of trivia. Lake Betty Park, where the fluke worm escapes, is an actual campground located in New Jersey. Nice. So that would be a fun place to travel Your when... X-Files tour. Yep. We see the fluke person climb into a portalette. And all I just remembered, God damn it, I've erased this week, and we'll have to think about this when I'm using the toilet. Yeah. But then I didn't realize that we were also going to have to use porta potties yesterday. Yeah. And David hadn't watched this episode, so he got to use the portalettes and just be like regular squicked out, and I had to use the portalettes and be regular squicked out plus lukeworm squicked out. I didn't even have to be that squicked out because there's urinal parts on portalettes, so. I was just like, eh, I'm fine. It's just fine. But, oh my goodness, the the teenage girls were being <laughs> such teenage girls about the portalettes. It was, it was so much fun to be out there with that kind of energy. The puppy pile of the teammates 
under the tent and then <laughs> the teenage girls trying in vain to find a portalette they didn't deem disgusting mm-hmm. was oh youth <laughs> also oh the portalette guy i didn't realize that that's how you clean out portalettes with a giant vacuum yeah that's that's so weird to me but that guy had gloves on he did but then he just holds his cigarette with his gross gloves i noticed that too. so there's no point it's what the hell, dude? Yeah. Um, also, when they zoom the camera, they pan the camera. I don't know why every movement that a camera makes, I want to call it a zoom. When they pan the camera down into the portalet before the guy arrives in the morning, we see the flugworm standing in the portalet belly. Everything's got a belly at this point. And he's so, his feet down from the toilet part. Yeah. And I'm like, how do they think these toilets work? Well, he could be squatting down. Either way, if you look at it, there's no underground. These things are self-contained yeah, and sitting a, on top of a crate. It's probably like two feet in there. It's about two feet. Yeah, you can squat down two feet. I don't think to where it's just your head poking out. But his head would be poking out. This isn't. He's two feet no, your below head, that. Like where your head's just poking out of the sewage. Sewage. Ew. Yeah, and your body's covered by it, and you're just like. I don't think so. It just seems... I just said, how deep is this shot? (laughs) So then at... uh, We get a timestamp. Finally. 5.27 a.m. at Lake Betty Park. A truck backs up to the portable toilet. And apparently they call them chemical toilets later. What did you call them? Porta potties. But I think that's a brand name. I think so too. Yeah. All right. So it's the tank cleaner service. And as you mentioned, he gets out and is using the... Suction. Giant vacuum. Yeah, the giant vacuum. The motor starts to sputter and the engine strains to pull something up. It's obviously Flukeman, but of course he's not going to know that it's a human-sized <laughs> thing. He just grabs the tube and holds it as it's struggling. And then once the fluke man, fluke person clears the tube, everything works normal. So, cleaning continues. No big deal. I know mean, it was a weird thing, but it wasn't anything that ruined his day. So, you know, whatever. Good for him. At about 6.37, actually at exactly 6.37, because we get another timestamp, police cars and coroners have enveloped the last murder scene, and the workers are also inspecting the ambulance. Mulder pulls up as the tank cleaner service truck rolls by, and Mulder walks up to Detective Norman. Wait, so it took him two hours to vacuum those two porta-potties? I bet he, that was just one location. Okay. He's pro, I'm assuming that the, the, Portalet guy is efficient at doing his job, and he's probably hitting this one, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one, going around the whole park. All right. I think of all of the people in this episode, he's probably doing his job the best. Yeah, the sanitation guys are doing a good job, too. Oh, you know what? Yes, you're right. So we see the truck driving toward the sanitation area. You're right. I did not mean to leave them out. I was just thinking about this this particular scene, and we just see a bunch of the cops around. Bit of trivia, the U.S. Marshal Service does not have its own ambulance service. Weird. (laughs) In this episode, they do. In real life, they do not. (laughs) It didn't work out, so... I think they were just using the ambulance to transport a prisoner. I would hope so. I think that's how it was. But why would they only have one U.S. Marshal to transport this thing? I couldn't tell you. 
Raylan Givens would transport Dewey Crow by himself all the time. I mean, yeah, but they had a whole thing. So he could punch Dewey Crow in the face repeatedly. <laughs> Which is not something we should be championing. <laughs> no, but that's one bit of propaganda I can't help but like. They had chemistry. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Detective Norman says that they've got a dead marshal, an escaped prisoner, and Bubkiss, which is pretty much all that they ever get. Dick Bubkiss. Yep. Mulder says that the fluke person is going to try to get back underground. But he never goes underground. No! Your friendly FBI mystery person calls Mulder and tells him success in your current assignment is imperative. Which really isn't the ideal time to turn up the heat. <laughs> Success in your current assignment is imperative. <laughs> also not his voice. The X-Files must continue. Dogs tracked fluke person to the chemical toilet. And I said, that's what they're called up north? Okay. <laughs> Mulder realizes they need to track the tanker truck. So we go to the sewage processing plant. It is 8.15 a.m. Got there quick. Uh, another tanker truck rolls down the road as Mulder hurriedly pulls up, unbuckles his seatbelt, and runs in the building. He must not have pocket worm. Nah, he got rid of that thing. Later, he, a little bit later, he and the foreman are walking down a flight of stairs over the yard where the tanker trucks unload. And the, um, the foreman talks about how they don't keep track of which of the trucks come in and what order. They just know that they're all coming in. Which seems fine. Yeah, because in what real world scenario do you really need to know all that? Right. So that seems fine. That seems like unnecessary paperwork. For a once in a decade occurrence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they probably just check in and out their trucks and (laughs) hit the areas that they're supposed to hit. So again, people doing their jobs. You don't have to tick every little mark here. We determine that if the flu person is here, then they are trapped because of the size of the tubes and the processing the and filters. How, yep, the filters and everything. So things, nothing can get through to the end of the pipe, which is miles out into the ocean that's larger than your finger. Did you ever have a field trip to a water processing plant? No. And the only sewer treatment plant that was near enough to like civilization, it smelled horrible near there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We did. We had a field trip in elementary school. Cannot tell you which state I was living in at the time. I went to elementary school in like three states, guys. I don't (laughs) remember which one this was. But it was fascinating, and it didn't smell. Because I know that's one of the things that people would probably, if you haven't been, would probably think, oh, well, so it just smells like sewage. It didn't. Because the tanks that were uncovered and we were walking you know the whole area you're walking around and you don't just have open sewage that would be a health problem yeah <laughs> so it was really fascinating to walk through we walked along and saw all of the tanks and you know the varying levels of filtration and stuff it was pretty cool i do remember thinking as a child something along the lines of why are we going to a sewage plant but then actually seeing all of the stuff and how it works and the science and the engineering behind it super cool so my snotty little, what, seven-year-old self had no interest in going, and my 38-year-old self, and actually even my seven-year-old self after that, pretty stoked that we went. Good. All right. Pretty cool. So Scully calls Mulder to tell him about the fluke person reproducing through a bite, and the foreman calls to Mulder that they found something in the old overflow tank. It's not the same as the current system that they were talking about. It has fewer filters and such to keep the fluke person trapped. So... In their current system, where the majority of the water and sewage goes through, that's where all of the, everything was set up. But 
you do need the overflow in case there's a storm. You get hurricanes in New Jersey. You get you get a lot of stuff, so this is the older one. They go down into the older area, and the foreman tries to close the gate, but it's rusted into position. Oh, as soon as he walked out on that ledge, I was like, well, RIP to that guy. Yep. He precariously uses his whole body to unstuck it, falls into the water. Hmm. And doesn't even unstuck it. Nope. He's okay and much calmer than I would be until he's attacked. Then he's not calm, but reasonable response. Mulder, unlike the sanitation workers from before, sucks at saving people. (laughs) The foreman is taken. Mulder calls for help and jumps in the water. After several moments, the foreman shoots up out of the water, but he's been bitten. So, R.I.P. foreman. R.I.P. that guy. He makes it out of this scene, but we know what happens after you've been bitten, so... The fluke person tries to escape, but Mulder succeeds in closing the rusted gate and cuts the fluke person in half, which was weirdly sad for me. (laughs) Yeah, we had a discussion earlier when we were watching it about what do you do in this scenario? Because this thing isn't necessarily malicious. Right. It's just kind of an animal that's dangerous to human beings. You just like take it out in the ocean and chuck it in the water. Right. (laughs) Way, way, way out there. Yeah, I don't know. Or do you euthanasia because you you got to? I don't know. You definitely don't put it on trial. No. That's so dumb. This is the dumbest. But it is hard. It's hard because we're looking at it and it's the fluke worm is obviously more animal than human. And you're right. The circumstances it's found itself in, it's just trying to survive. So it's procreate. Right. So it's dangerous to humans in this particular scenario. And it's just all on accident. It's like one bad thing, one bad accident after another got us here. Yeah. And we'll get to even more accidents in a little bit. So there's a little bit of a science corner because in coming up, there's a little bit of a science corner coming up because we go back to Washington, D.C., where Mulder is sitting on the bench looking out at the Lincoln Memorial. That's the same spot where he and Deep Throat once talked. Scully walks over, kind of like the first time that they talk in this episode. Mulder tells Scully about the call and the reopening of and reopening the X-Files. Scully tells him that this wasn't a fluke. <laughs> See what I did there? You did. You got it. The fluke person was created from Chernobyl. <laughs> and I said, well, shit, that makes its death even sadder. <laughs> so here's a bit of a science corner that's going to take this all down even further. You ready? Oh, I can't wait. Tufts now is a Tufts University publication, and they reached out to Professor of Avian Ecology and Conservation Biology, Michael Reed, for his perspective. That's my dad. (laughs) They reached out to your dad. I didn't know he was a professor of anything. Yep. Um, And they wanted to know his perspective on the UN report back in 2019. I tried to find the name of the report and got several different things, so I'm not exactly sure what this report You got bupkis? Yes. So Tufts asked, or the statement that that they they made, oh, okay, so the reason that I even did any of this is because in that conversation with Scully, Mulder says, a new species. Well, like three species a day go extinct. How many do you think are being created? And I said five. You did. And so that was in 1994 Mm -hmm. that he said three per day. Yeah. So here's what Tufts has to say. Oh, God. Humans have pushed millions of species past the threshold of tolerance to the point where we are now seeing unprecedented decline in biodiversity. And Michael Reed, the professor of avian ecology, said, To have a global acceleration of extinction means we're crossing thresholds all around the world. That It's why we're entering this phase called the sixth mass extinction, or the Anthropocene. 
Anthropocene. I just realized I've never said this out loud before. Anthropocene extinction. The rate at which extinction would naturally occur is about one to five species per year. <laughs> oh, so Mulder was way off. Well, so back in 94, if we were off, if we were murdering to extinction three species a day, we were already highly accelerated. Yeah. So naturally it'd be one to five per year. We're now, back to what Michael Reed was saying, we're now losing species at 1,000 to 10,000 times that background rate, which is scary. That's also a large range. It is a large range. And that's because we don't know, we haven't identified every species. So there is a mathematical range that, that people are looking at. So I was looking, not in this specific article, but I wanted to give an actual professor's take in response to this report. And in a lot of different areas that I was looking, there is still a wide range, but to look back at Mulder saying three species a day, which I'm guessing was kind of the average of what was happening back in 1994, I did not check that. I wanted to know how many species per day were dying off now. Mm -hmm. And many reports state the number is approximately, are you sitting down? <laughs> you can see that I am. 150 to 200 species per day. Wow awful well it's a good thing of that build back better bill isn't gonna address any of it in newark new jersey it is just a normal night in the city cars are driving by a sewer grate as we zoom toward the tunnel i'm once again looking for raccoons or nicholas cage neither no luck we zoom further into the tunnel a broken sewer grate in the we're down in the sewer at this point uh in the water another fluke surfaces most likely the one from the workman, eyes closed. Not true. This is, this is the one that was cut in half. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I half wrote this and half pulled it from something else. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the part that I pulled from something else. Okay. So this is the one that was cut in half, obviously. It doesn't appear to be breathing. Then its eyes open and it hisses a few breaths. The end. <sighs> Sigh. I had another science corner I was going to add. I didn't complete it. <laughs> Actually, I think I just put it in the wrong place. And then the last bit of trivia is the fluke man suit dissolved in water, forcing special effects artist Toby Lindala to reconstruct the suit every day. That seems really unpractical. Practical effects sometimes are not. Wow. All right, so we get to the part I wanted to talk about earlier, giving them credit for doing things off screen. Okay. I can no longer do that. If they didn't bother to collect the other half of this worm thing that's killing people... Right! I just... I was like, okay, they don't need to show that because it's a thing they would do. And then they just didn't do it. They get credit for nothing off screen now. They have to show me everything. This is such a huge overlook. Yeah. It is egregious. It is unforgivable. They have to show me everything they do now or I'm going to assume they did not do it. Welcome. Ugh. Welcome to my team. It's gross. They get, there's no benefit of the doubt for the show after that. Isn't that crazy? It's utterly bananas that they would not collect the other half of that body. Because it's still inside the whole filtration system. It hasn't gone out to be flushed out into the ocean. And Mulder was just right there. Right. Nah, this, this is unforgivable. Absolutely unforgivable. And it's another loose end. Yeah. Because the thing's still in New Jersey. Right. <laughs> Don't go in the sewers, New Jersey. Get paid better. <sighs> Unionize. Don't go in the sewers. So, which characters are you wishing to have a relationship with? <laughs> well, I would say the fluke worm, but it does seem like the fluke worm person has procreated. It would be at least three. Well, there's at least, there's the one, 
that the dude spit out into the sewer. Yep. So we never saw where that went. So it's just free and roaming because you get no credit for anything now that doesn't happen on screen. No, and they wouldn't have known about it. I think they should have figured it out, but they don't get credit for it because nope. they didn't show it. The only person Scully told about the the little worm asking her to tea was Mulder. Uh-huh. So you don't have an answer? Oh, no. That, my answer is, well, I guess it isn't. I guess my my answer was going was the relationships that happened on screen because we saw the fluke, or the fluke person procreated with the Russian, procreated with Craig. Okay. And, and the foreman is now the next person who's being the host. So what's your answer? I don't have an answer. Okay. Well, my answer was the foreman and his worm that he obviously has now. Oh. What about... I hope they get along and form a symbiotic relationship. Oh. Hmm. I just read a book that was similar to that. It didn't turn out well for the... Was it Venom? No. Gotta get back at him. No. Not gonna back at him. What about the, uh, the, the guy with the sewer truck and Dr. Zimbala? Zin... They never even met. So? Okay. She needs a little real-world injection into her life. Hot beef? <laughs> yes. That's like, look, some people have dirty jobs that are absolutely necessary, and when they get hurt, they get real hurt. Okay. So she needs, she seems like the type of person who needs to actually experience that before she can go, oh, that's right, there are other people out there who aren't in cushy jobs like me. I've decided that her specific doctorship it's very cushy. Apparently. Occupational hazard. Hashtag not all doctors. <laughs> How are you surviving? I'm surviving by getting some ivermectin. Oh, God. <laughs> because this is what it's actually used for. That's, Parasites. That's true. That's true. Well, I'm already currently surviving because I only shower with dry shampoo and soap. Okay. And then roll around in the dirt. <laughs> no water for me. <laughs> not at all. Which means I get different kind of worms. <laughs> <laughs> You get hookworms all over your body. Ew. Ugh. All right. All right, well. How'd you like this episode? I didn't. Hmm. I was glad to see some cool effects and yeah, cool-looking monster and some money put into all that. The suit was really well done. Yeah, but overall, the story was... Eh. The story felt like it was... Forced. It was necessary to introduce the friend in the FBI. Like, they needed something to yeah. to go around that. I did like that Mulder showed his ass and got it handed right back to you him. You don't see that very often. Immediately. So was, that was good. It was good. And the, the special effects were great. I think all of the supporting cast did a great job. Yeah, I, my problem isn't with any of the acting. No. Or not... Even necessarily the directing. All right. So what are you happy about this week? It's Halloween. I'm happy about Halloween. I like Halloween. Halloween is good. I'm really happy that we went to the first regatta. Never been to a regatta in my entire life. Didn't <laughs> no. know what that was until recently. Oh, and it's crew regatta, not like sailing. Yeah. So, uh, so Riley is in a rowing club through his school, and they went out and hosted this this whole event, and it was all day long, and we were so exhausted, even though we weren't the ones who were doing literally anything. <laughs> it's so cool. It was really good, and watching watching them was good. That was really fun. And then, yes, Halloween, best holiday ever, which is part of the reason why we're redoing it next week. Yes. 
any excuse to get dressed up, really. <laughs> we all have several costumes to get dressed up in. That's true. And I ordered a gown from Rent the Wolf Runway just because I wanted to try it on. <laughs> Look, you got to find some way to have some fun. And that's what I'm doing. And also, I'm looking forward to my race this coming weekend. Yeah, that's a thing. It's, it's gonna, a thing to look forward to, running 50 miles. It's going to be, it's my, like, I was going to say it's my biggest race, but. Like, consecutively, 50 yeah. miles. I'm looking forward to it because the first time I did the 50 miler, that one sucked so bad. Yeah. I'm looking forward to redoing this. I'm rooting for you. you and riley will be there for like the last two hours (laughs) all right so big week ahead i hope everybody had a very lovely or spooky or terrifying or all of the above halloween all right anything else nobody can see you shaking your head with your eyes really wide like i've startled you you just look startled the cast files is produced by Kristen riley and dave reed edited by dave reed you can find us on Twitter at CastFiles. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at TheCastFiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a Tee Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by Art. That's O-O-K-A-R-T. 